welcome to the fourth episode. Today we're talking about reconciling the topic of God's will with the reality of suffering in the world. And we're also going to debunk the phrase, God is in control, and the poor theology surrounding that philosophy, and comparing it to the truth that God is sovereign. So some of the big questions that can get us stumped in our walk with Jesus, and then for a lot of people, prevent the desire of knowing him and having a relationship with him, are things like, if God is good, why do bad things happen? Or if this or that is happening, then that must mean it's his will, right? Or since he's king, nothing can happen apart from his will. (laughs) Or even if it's happening, then he must have willed it to happen, or at least he's okay with it happening. Is it occurring because he sees some benefit in it to maybe build my character or make me become a better person? All of these questions are so good and very fundamental in revealing what we actually think God is like and who we believe he is. What we feel and think about God in the midst of our pain reveals a lot about what we believe about him and who we believe him to be. And if you listened to the last episode where I shared more of my story, I touched on reconciling the goodness of God with the cancer in my family. And as a brief recap, my mom was re-diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer in December 2018. And then my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer six months after that. During this time, a lot of these questions were brought to the surface. And I quickly realized how crucial it is to discuss the topic of God's will in the midst of our pain. And I hope that what I share today can be of some encouragement, especially since pain is something we all experience. Now, in no way do I feel like I have this all figured out. I recognize it's a very sensitive subject, and for some of us, it can bring up some deep wounds. And so I hope that this message can provide some clarity and encouragement. So, what is God's will? As discussed in episode one, I believe that the quintessence of God's will is seen in the Garden of Eden, where there is perfect harmony in all things and all relationships man and God, woman and God, man and woman, earth with human, animals with humans, animals with the earth, etc. The world and humans knew nothing other than the goodness of God. That was their reality all the time, 24-7. Can you imagine what that was like? Now this is God's will. He also gave us our own wills. We can't control God, and he also doesn't want to control us. He does things when and how he wants to out of his pure goodness. And you know what? He gives us that freedom too. We have free will. He gave us the choice to choose. And let's face it here. God giving us free will was not like him giving it to an irresponsible child with an underdeveloped brain. Adam and Eve were full-grown adults. They literally saw God and they walked with God. They experienced and breathed perfection. God gave them every reason to follow him and trust him. He left them with literally no lack at all and without any reason to question him or any doubt. They knew his love intimately. 
sin entered the world because we partnered with the lie that we need more than God to thrive. This was our decision. Now again, God is not a controlling God. He's not a controlling father. And one of the greatest gifts he could give us was the right to choose. If he wouldn't have given us free will, he would have basically been forcing us into something that we wouldn't even know we were being forced into. Because he's not selfish. And he doesn't force us into things. He's not a dictator. What he is, is a sovereign king. Now to give a little background on what my perception used to be on God's will was, if it's happening, that must mean God wants it to, or at least he's okay with it. And I think this made me feel comfortable or okay with whatever was happening. But it also gave me a false sense of God's character. I was looking for some sort of reason as to why bad things happen, and it's a form of control. We deeply desire to know why things happen, and when we can't find a logical reason, sometimes we put it on God and try to fit it into his character somehow. And this in turn causes us to not have to dig deep and ask God hard questions or even grieve over the sinfulness and injustice that we see and experience in the world. It's also a way for telling ourselves that whatever is happening is okay. And this is a false sense of comfort. We want to live in a world that makes sense, and therefore, we want to make sense of everything. It's really hard to admit and say, actually, none of this makes sense. This isn't okay, and it's out of control. And it's actually deceiving when we say that everything's okay, or even going to be okay, because it isn't okay. (laughs) And then by trying to make ourselves come to terms with whatever's happening and be okay with it, we can project that onto God and think that he must be okay with it too. Something that can be dangerous to do is project our own beliefs and feelings onto God, especially when we're trying to grasp for some kind of control. Now, God definitely speaks to us through our minds and emotions, of course. This is one of the main ways we experience intimacy with him and hear his voice. But, When we're trying to make God into our own likeness versus surrendering ourselves into his likeness, then something is off in our hearts. Welcome to modern day, or maybe just humanhood, (laughs) where we make God whatever we want him to be that fits into our own worldview and desires, especially when it's apart from scripture. Now, I know some scripture is misinterpreted, but I don't exactly want to get into all that right now. What I'm basically trying to say is that one of the biggest deceptions of the enemy is to try and make us think that we can fit God into whatever box we want him to be in, aka telling myself that he's okay with whatever lifestyle choices or beliefs I want to make, and then thinking that this is actually a fulfilling way to live, while in reality, it's the most ungrounded and insecure ways to live. Who wants to follow a God that is just like them? Well, maybe a narcissist, but that never gets anyone anywhere good. If we think that God is everything we think and feel, it's going to end in major deception of who he actually is in general, as well as who he is for us. 
And when we try to make God like us, when we try to make him what we think he should be, we're actually putting ourselves in his place. We're making ourselves gods in our own eyes. Instead of submitting to God's lordship, we're more concerned about our own comfort and well-being. A surrendered life is the best way to live. And the main reason I'm bringing these things up is because we must know that God wills good for us. He's the only thing that's always good. He's not okay with pain. He's not okay with suffering. And he loves you. And when we know his character, we won't question his motives. We can go around in circles all day trying to get all of our big questions answered. And he wants us to turn to him in all of those things. But sometimes they won't be answered. And then what? Trust is leaning into him when we don't understand. And he's left us without excuse to know his goodness. And if you're struggling to see it, ask him to show you. And he will take great delight in showing you because of his love for you and his compassion and understanding. Another belief I had was that if it was God's will, then maybe I did something to deserve it. Or maybe he's okay with it because it'll build my character or make me more of who he's created me to be. And while there's truth in the fact that God uses all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, this viewpoint can make God look like he allows bad things to happen in order to fix us in some way or teach us a lesson. Now, he is a loving father, and he definitely disciplines us, and he uses all things for our benefit. But I don't believe that he causes bad things to happen to bring about shalom in our lives. Since he's always good, all that he does is good. <laughs> he always renews. He doesn't just cause trouble so he can come in and clean it up for us. One amazing thing God does do out of the shalom of his character and the pure goodness of who he is, is that he miraculously transforms hardships into fuel for perseverance. This is a quote I heard, so those aren't my words. Let me say it again. He miraculously transforms hardships into fuel for perseverance. He takes every curse and transforms it into a blessing. This is the God we serve. This is who loves us. He is good all the time. Okay, deep breath. <laughs> and now to the phrase, God is in control. Everything will be okay. Bad things happen. Saying that God's in control is almost a scapegoat from our fears of what we know is possible. If we live by this theology, of course we'll be mad and angry at him when anything bad happens or when something doesn't go the way that we want it to. And this can also create a passivity in the way we approach God during struggling. If we live by the belief that everything is okay because God is in control, that means I also won't have to participate with him in renewing anything which can create laziness in our faith and a lack of partnership in bringing shalom. 
It also cripples our imagination of God and what might actually be possible in asking him for more and asking him for the miraculous and for transformation. He wants us to rule with him, not be his pawns under his control. And if God is sovereign, that means we can do something in our circumstances and not just have to sit on our hands and wait things out. On another note, since God is the ultimate authority, I do believe he allows things to happen. Why? (laughs) I'm not sure. Still processing this or this is still a question in my mind but this is where trust in God beyond understanding everything or why things happen is put into practice and we know that God is sovereign meaning he's already triumphed in the future and he will restore all things and he's a genuine participant with us as everything unfolds One of the key differences between sovereignty and control is how one rules. Again, God isn't a dictator. He doesn't control us, yet he has a game plan that he does not deviate from. And he's involved in every aspect of the universe and human history, making himself known, providing in various ways, protecting, guiding, rescuing, performing miracles, sending Jesus, giving us the Holy Spirit, and so much more. And in the end, we know that everything will be made right again, and this is the hope that we have. And here's a challenge. Our very well-being, our very health, for example, can become an idol If the presence of disease or pain causes us to not praise Jesus, that just reveals that we have another layer to move through and surrender to God. Suffering and pain break down our illusions about life and also help us see that the true source of joy is Jesus himself and communion with him. If the fact that I don't have answers to all my questions keeps me from believing that Jesus is who he says he is, a loving God who provides for all my needs, then something is off in my heart, not God's. Sometimes there aren't answers to everything, and we need to be okay with that. God knows all. I'm a human under his care and authority, and I need to submit all my questions to him and be okay with what he chooses to answer now and what will be answered when I see him face to face. Even then, I'm not sure our questions will even matter because we will be so wrapped up in his glory and goodness that all else will fade away. So we must remember that our comfort is not our goal. Knowing the Trinity is our goal. If our main focus is the hardship, of course we're going to have negative mindsets. But if our focus is on the enduring goodness of God, that changes us and our perceptions. What matters the most is that we respond to it knowing that it's happening, grieving, yet not letting it rule over our hearts and minds, since that is Jesus' place and his place alone. And if we are grieving, 
may we do so understanding that he's good all the time and that we can partner with him in our own healing and the healing of others. Every hardship you're enduring, he has a double amount of blessing for you. Evil is always in a competition with his goodness and he's always winning. Evil is always in a competition with his goodness and he's always winning because nothing can top him. He can literally turn anything upside down and I'm seeing this in my own life. I'm seeing God take the cancer in my family and fuel us with this indescribable hope. He's fueling us with tools to help encourage others. He's breaking off generational sin and disease, and he's breaking this generational curse in my family of breast cancer as it started with my great-grandma. And you know what? (laughs) I have full confidence that it stops now. I have full confidence in the blessings he's replacing the curses with. This is his territory. Here's the thing, though, is that we got to partner with him in this. He desperately wants to do these things in our lives, but he wants to do it with us. And this is where his love and all-powerful desire to restore partners with our faith. Man, (laughs) That's where anything is possible. He's always pursuing and after shalom and healing in our lives. He doesn't want us to suffer, but many times we do because we live in a fallen world and there's sin and chaos and wrong perceptions about who God is and even hatred towards God. And then there's the enemy as well. One day all will be restored though. And we're called to rule with him in the here and now, watching him work wonders and divinely participate in our own lives and the world at large. I hope you enjoyed this fourth episode and that it brought some encouragement to you in your day.